With crops in varying conditions after Cyclone Gabriel, the ongoing challenge is how to salvage what might be left and how to plan for next season across the East Coast. Cherry Gold Orchard in Hawke's Bay is in the process of trying to shift some fruit that can't be exported, as well as planting new vines for the future. They they grow both green and gold kiwi fruit, as well as apples and cherries on their 20-acre patch. Grower Hugh Findlay is with us now. Hi, Hugh. Hello, Jesse. Acres, that's the old measurement, isn't it? How many hectares? Oh, it's about eight hectares, very small. Okay, (laughs) yeah, it must be packed in. (laughs) They are, yeah. (laughs) How long have you been an orchardist for? Um, 17 years now. Gosh. Yeah. (laughs) And have you always been growing the same thing? Uh, Yes, we uh, initially, the orchard had apples and gold kiwi fruit and cherries. I've added in some green kiwi fruit along the way. Whereabouts are you exactly? We're on Lynx Road. Lynx Road, uh, about halfway between Hastings and Napier, was one of the areas that was badly hit. It's just down the road from Takawai um, with the cyclone, lots of flooding. Yeah, I think I drove past there recently when I was in Hawke's Bay. Um, There's a lot of yellow spray paint around. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, and and still signs of the damage in many places. Tell us what happened to you, Cyclone Gabrielle. Uh, Well, yeah, the stop banks broke um, and the water departed from the river course and um, pretty much flooded the plains. It was pretty mind-boggling, actually. It came up amazingly quickly. Um, We've got some lower paddocks on our home block, um, about three, four metres deep, and uh, that filled up into a lake within an hour or so. It was was amazing. Had you seen that happen before? No, never, never. I don't think anyone had. I think it was um, something that was completely unprecedented. Mm. You're between Mm. two rivers by the looks of things on the map. Yes, we are. We are. Um, And, yeah, that made it worse for a lot of people. Um, Personally, we weren't as badly hit as many people. Our neighbours' houses were flooded, but ours weren't. Um, The orchard was flooded. There was quite a torrent going right across it. But because it was going so fast, it didn't deposit very much silt. And um, so, unlike many of the areas that ended up with a metre of silt, we only had 20 millimetres or so. Yeah. And I think that will actually stand us in good stead in okay. the future because it's a good top dressing for the, uh-huh. the land. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, mm. so it was tough for you guys, but, but you look around and think it could have been worse. Oh, could have. Absolutely, it could have. Unfortunately, it came on top of a very, very wet winter and spring. And it was just the icing on the cake, really. Um, Kiwi fruit don't like having wet feet, yeah. and a lot of them just turned up their toes and died. So, yeah, how was the orchard impacted by that rain and by the flooding? Oh, we've, we've got about 2,000 vines that have to be replaced. So that was of about 40% old Kiwi that I've got, about 60% of the green. Uh, Apples were not so badly hit. We've only got about 300 trees to replace there. And 
the cherries did amazingly well, actually, so we think they're probably going to be okay. There's the cherries did all so, right, yeah. Yes, the trees have got very deep tap roots, and um, they're used to having their roots in wet ground. Well, what was that few days after the rain like? You must have just been wandering around and trying to survey the damage, and, and of course, were you cut off communications-wise too? Yes, we were. Being between two rivers, um, we weren't able to use the bridges. There was a lot of flooding. The main expressway was flooded for a few days. Um, there was no cell phone reception. There was no electricity. Because there was no electricity, we couldn't suck the water out of our bores, so we didn't have any piped water. Um, we were pretty much on our own. We couldn't get to the shops, um, couldn't get any information from anyone as to what was happening and how bad things were. Um, so, yes, we just existed, really, through those first few days. And who is we? Um, my family. Um, my daughter and her husband live on the property as well, and my mother's, uh, sorry, <laughs> my wife's mother as well. So the three houses sort of all together. And, um, yeah, so we just had to look after ourselves for a while. Yeah, would that have been the toughest week you've had on the on the orchard in the 17 years you've been doing it? Absolutely it was, yes. <laughs> yes, we, we'd never experienced anything like it before, and um, it was all just a learning curve, really. Um, of course, sheds and things were all full of silt, and so we had to busy ourselves with getting rid of that and and that's actually still ongoing. Mm. It's difficult stuff to get rid of. <laughs> How much fruit were you able to save? Oh, our gold kiwi fruits, um, we picked all of what was left. It was a good crop. Um, so we had about 60% of what we'd grown. And as it turned out, that pretty much equaled the year before in um, yield. So oh, yeah. that was good. Yeah. Mm. Um, apples were not so good. Um, but one variety, the Galaxy, they didn't seem to be too worried by having all the water around, and we were able to harvest those. The other ones, Pacific Queen Apples, don't like wet feet either, and um, yeah, the yield from there was really severely down. But is there a problem with then exporting that fruit? No, we were lucky because none of our fruit had been touched by the floodwaters, um, it was quite well above, so um, we were able to to pick all that fruit and went through to the pack houses, and then um, was exported by Zespri. So, um, yeah, we've done done well from that point of view. Okay, so just in the general course of life on the orchard, you you do have fruit that um, that you grow that you're unable to export, though. I think that's what we're chatting about today. Yes, well, that was the green. Um, because we'd lost 60% of the, the crop, um, the 40% that was left, just economically, uh, it wasn't viable to pick it and pay all the costs that are uh, incurred by doing that, going through the post-harvest um, mm. setup. Um, and so we chose not to pick any of it and left it on the vines, and the idea was to sell it locally. And that's what we're doing now. Um, oh. My daughter, who's um, quite good at doing marketing and stuff, um, 
she came across Wonky Box, and they've been great. They, they're taking pretty much all that we can produce. And we've recently um, come across Mitfit, Misfit Garden as well, and they do something quite similar. And they're also going to take some, so that's it, been great. It's been fantastic. The idea being behind those companies being that they will take fruit that maybe, um, for whatever reason, hasn't hit the export market, not scratch or, or, or whatever reason, and then they find a home for it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's the alternative was just to drop all this fruit on the ground, and a lot of it is very nice export quality fruit. It just wasn't um, possible to go the way that it normally goes. So it's been great not to have to waste all of that fruit and mm. to make it available for, for people to consume. Have you great. had individuals showing up as well? Yes, we have. Um, my daughter put a message on the, the local um, Facebook page, I think, and lots of people came around and um, have bought you know, small amounts, but um, yeah, lots of it. So will this change the way you operate as an orchard, do you think, if you're thinking about this sometime next year? Well, having to replant all of these vines, we're going to be three to five years before we're back to production. So, yes, it is going to be a long-term problem for us. Um, and, of course, it, that also means our income is severely depleted. Um so, yes, it's going to be long-term. <laughs> yeah. The, those one, those vines that you didn't lose, though, they will continue producing next year, so you have a, a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a safety net of crops? Yes. Yes, we will. We, mm -hmm. we won't be without any anything. Um, it'll just be much less than uh, we normally have to have to make the orchard a, a viable proposition. Mm. Mm. And... The experience you've had with this excess fruit, um, passing on to wonky box or to individuals who want to buy it and maybe pick it themselves, will that change the way you do things in the future, do you think, or will you just wait, will you just try and get back to normal as, as fast as possible? We'll try and get back to normal as, uh, as fast as possible, but, um, you know, there always is a lot of wastage because the uh, parameters that we need to adhere to for export fruit are quite rigid. Um, there's a lot of fruit that gets wasted because it doesn't look right or it's good, you know hasn't got the right shape or it's got a blemish on it or something. It would be really nice if we could save some of that fruit and um, have it consumed rather than just wasted on the ground. We're getting better at that, are we? We're getting better at um, doing something with that wasted oh, I fruit? Think, I, I think we are, absolutely. Um, the uh, New Zealand public really have really taken it on board and they're very happy to eat fruit, it tastes the same as fruit that doesn't have a blemish on it. Yeah. And um, they're, they're happy to to have it, I think. Um, so that's been a great thing for us, absolutely. In the meantime, anything you need that would help you out while well, you've got the um, everyone in New Zealand listening? <laughs> no, we just, we're just um, glad to have a market for it. Um, we're using contract labour to replace these vines. The vines and trees are difficult to get hold of now because everybody wants them, of course. Mm. So um, that's going to make things a little difficult in the future. But um, I think we're on track, and, yep, it'll be onwards and upwards from here. Good stuff, and we'll still get plenty of cherries <laughs> this year, you reckon? 
Oh, if the rain holds off and doesn't split them all, as it has done in the last couple of years, mm. um, yeah, we're always at the mercy of the weather. And given that you've now seen what it can do and and we're all sort of assuming that this is a sign of things to come, will that change your approach at all or, or will you just hope that was a, a freak event? Oh, we certainly hope it, it was a freak event, but yes, it's prompted us to look at our drainage and try and improve drainage of the soil. So we're doing some um, excavating and putting in drains and I think everybody's in the same boat as far as that's concerned. Um, yeah, it certainly does make you think and the forecasts uh, for the future would indicate that maybe this is not going to be just a one-off event, so we do need to start preparing for it. really appreciate you uh, sharing your story with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Thanks, Jesse. That's Hugh Finlay, Cherry Gold Orchard in Hawke's Bay, a few months after Cyclone Gabrielle what he's managed to save and uh, how he's managed to deal with some of that excess fruit that couldn't go to export.